Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, and today I have an awesome guest on. Her name is Janice Grenadier, and she is the founder of Judicialpedia.com. She will be talking about how to be your own press and free the grand jury and what all that entails. So I welcome you, Janice, to the show, and how did you get involved in this? Well, I am unfortunately no different than you. <laughs> and I always like um, starting with the fact that how we could be standing next to each other in the grocery store and not realize what our stories are. And that when we know someone's going through this type of um, uh, difficulties with the courts, we need to be remember to be kind to each other. Um, it's so often when people are, similar situations to have conflict and we need to stop and listen to each other and to get over that conflict so that we can all work together. It's important for the American people to come together in order to um, hold our government responsible to that we get our constitutional rights. Um, our constitutional seems to be used as toilet paper by our our government mm -hmm. right now mm -hmm. and so we we need to remember what our constitutional rights are and we need to stand up for them and standing up for them sometimes can be embarrassing it can be something that you you never thought this was going to happen to you right. and until it happens to you you don't understand it and you don't understand the depths that the judges, the lawyers, the um, your own government, your own legislature will go to try to silence you. Mm -hmm. In my case, I am the ex-wife of the son of a judge in the city of Alexandria. And my ex-mother-in-law is a divorce attorney. I was divorced in 2000, he left in 1998, but I still today don't have a property settlement. And at one point I was getting $345 a month in child support while he was collecting or the family was collecting $85,000 a month in rent. Mm -hmm. I'm not asking for a cent more than what is due me in my ownership in the partnership. But the judge I had, Judge Donald Heddick, who is in love with my ex-mother-in-law, made the decision I was never going to get a fair trial. And he didn't just stop by saying, you're never going to get a fair trial. He said, you will never win because I love, love, love Alona, which is my opponent. But even though my ex-husband's my opponent, my ex-mother-in-law is as well because the real estate partnership was $49.51. So um, I decided that I lived in America. Everybody knows. America has the best justice system in the world, right? It's a fair system in the world. And that's why they come here. Well, that's a smoke and mirrors. The truth is we have one of the worst. And it's of the old networks, especially in Virginia. We are one of two states that do not elect their judges. And so our judges are handpicked by, for power and money. And it's the more power and money you have is who wins. Even one of my legislature um, stated to me 
you can never win this. Patsy Tizer was a friend of mine. We were in Twig together, kind of like Junior Lee. And when I came to her, she set me up with the ex-wife of another judge who said, you can't win, you need to walk away. Hmm. This is how other women treat women in power because they, it's disgusting. And we've got to stop that. We need to support each other. And I'm not saying support each other at the detriment of the husband or the father of the children. I'm saying support each other for fairness in our courts, honestly, and fairness. And we need to have constitutional courts. On the other hand, what we have to realize is that our constitutional rights give us due process in the courts. Mm -hmm. And so we have to demand it because if we stay silent, they're going to allow not to happen. And the secrecy of the courts, not bringing in our phones, not bringing in laptops, it's because the judges are afraid. Mm -hmm. They know the media will not do anything. So we have to become our own media. And that was part of judicialpd.com because one of the things I did is I started a blog very early on. And mm -hmm. I, as much as it probably hurt me because they tried harder and harder to silence me, even jailing me, and I was in solitary confinement for 14 days. I didn't eat, I was sentenced for 30 days for $8,100 in legal fees. And it's illegal to jail somebody on legal fees. I was in solitary confinement for 14 days till five o'clock on election day when I got out where I was told that they found the votes they needed so Senator Mark Warner could get reelected. So it's back in 2014. So we have a long period of time cheating in our elections has even been taking place here. So, but back to the, we are the press and the secrecy of the courts. This is the stuff they don't want us talking about. And this is the stuff the media doesn't allow us to talk about. Mm -hmm. And they try to create situations that when we do talk about it, they try to make us look crazy. Or how could that happen? Because mm -hmm. this is America, smoke and mirrors of justice and freedom. And it's coming out more and more today. So in being your own press, it's important to have a Google account. It's important to have a YouTube, which is off of your Google account. It's important to have Facebook. Now, I personally got kicked off of Facebook. <laughs> and oh, one no. day, everything was gone. <laughs> so I, I found more of a home on LinkedIn. But I also, you know, I respect the fact it's a business site. And so, um, you know, you have to be careful. But part of business is lawyers and judges. Mm -hmm. And um, we have 535 people that, um, 545 people that run our country, basically, mm -hmm. in the executive branch, in the judiciary, meaning the Supreme Court, and in the legislature, the Congress, and the Senate. And why is that important? That's important because they're not working together. They're working mm -hmm. against us. They're working in self-dealing. You look at those people, you look at Joe Biden, who's never had a job outside of Congress, who means, or, and being a vice president. So he should not be a multimillionaire. Mm -hmm. I mean, nobody could on that salary with your obligations, but because they're self-dealing, because you always hear how, oh my God, this person invested in here and now look at him. Or you look at Hunter Biden. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Hunter Biden's a perfect example of self-dealing. So we need to hold them accountable. And the question becomes, how do we hold public corruption accountable? Mm -hmm. Because the judges are part of it. They're a party to it. Right. So that's where we come into learning to hit the history is so important. We have four arms of government. We have our exec we have the executive branch, the legislature, the judiciary, and the fourth one is the grand jury. And the grand jury is the most important one because it gives the people the power over the other three branches to ask for public corruption investigation. And that way we don't go to the police, we don't go to the sheriff, we don't go to the state police because they are not your friends. And that mm -hmm. I think is one of the hardest things to have to say, but they are not going to help you when it comes to someone in a higher power of them. And I'm going to tell a small story right here because it was very difficult for me to understand how they could be so heartless. And it was an a uh, black woman in church I was talking to in a church and she had lost her son to um, a police officer killing him and the police officer and she worked in a jail and she couldn't stand to see police officers anymore and so she wound up having to retire and I asked her I said when you were in the jail and you were seeing people that were illegally jailed because on any given day in the united states we have ten thousand people illegally jailed no different than me nobody does anything about it. what um how did that make you feel and she goes that's not our job our job is to show up for eight hours walk away with our paycheck stay long enough to get our retirement our job is not to care about the people in it. And I was a little taken back, but it explained to me that's what police do. They show up for their shift to get through their time frame, to get their retirement and get a second career. Mm -hmm. um, no different with sheriffs, no different with anyone else. They turn a blind eye to the corruption because that's not their job. So, the grand jury is where we can take this public corruption and how we do it is virginia is the state that i know best um and in virginia in any county or city once a month the grand jury meets and this is totally different than a jury trial the grand jury is the the body the fourth arm of government that here's what crime was committed and if you should be indicted or not indicted. Now, the thing about this is that it's covered up is the person that's being indicted has the right to speak up at the grand jury and give alternative evidence. So when you have someone um, that's being indicted unfairly, they want to show up and they want to go in there, especially in domestic violence type situations where someone is basically using it to uh, over somebody else's head. They have to be indicted by the grand jury then if it's a felony. And so it's important to show up. Mm -hmm. 
end to give your side of the story. And you may not get indicted. Now they can always go back in a second time with more evidence, but at least you have the right to, to protect yourself in that fashion. And in all of our cases, they try to get us on something. And so it's important to show up at the grand jury. Now, the other thing about the grand jury, so when you walk into the courtroom, we all know that you have to the left of you, usually your jury chairs, and sometimes to the right, they may have them on both sides. You have the two tables, one with the plaintiff, one with the defendant, and then you have with the judges. So you always early. You need to call ahead to, to confirm the day, confirm the time, and never go alone. Nobody should ever walk into a courthouse or a courtroom alone. Um, the Commonwealth attorney or a state's attorney or the Department of Justice, all of them believe they own the grand jury. They don't believe you have any rights. And so you have to really have some backbone and stick up for yourself because you do have rights and you do have the right to go in front of the grand jury, but you have to be prepared and you have to know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So basically, you have the judge, you have a clerk of court, you have the jurors that'll be there, but keep in mind, these jurors are different than the jurors that you would have in a courtroom. And then you have in the, um, where the plaintiff and defendant is, you'll have the a representative from the Commonwealth attorney who will be the person that um, calls out the cases, most likely, if the clerk doesn't. And every court does it a little bit different, I'm learning. I've been visiting different courts in their grand juries and the swearing in. And every court does it a little bit different. But in the audience, usually you have the police officers who will be presenting, who are the witnesses and presenting to the grand jury. And when the, the judge or the clerk is giving directions, whoever is doing it in that courthouse, you have the right when they say, does anybody else have something they need to talk to the grand jury about? That's where you stand up and you say, I do. Now, what do you have to do? You have to have your evidence. You need to have your witnesses. You need to have a true bill or a, a bill for a special grand jury to be um, um, appointed. And what's the difference between a grand jury and a special grand jury? A grand jury indicts. So if you're in there and you don't have enough evidence and they're not going to indict your person, then you want to ask for a special grand jury. The reason you want to ask for a special grand jury is because the judge will then appoint either the members of the grand jury that day to the special grand jury or they'll convene a whole nother grand jury, special grand jury of different people in the community. You now are the prosecutor and you are responsible for getting subpoenas. You have subpoena power under the grand jury. You have um, the power to bring subpoena witnesses in order to question in front of the grand jury and to talk in front of the grand jury. And so let's just say, for instance, with my case in 2011, I've been fighting to get in front of a grand jury since then. I showed up and Judge Haddock, who stated, I love, love your mother-in-law. There's no way Alona's going, you know, gonna have to give you a cent, basically. Hmm. He was heading the grand jury. 
and I stood up and I said, I have something I would like to present to the grand jury. And he states, I was going to let you go in front of the grand jury, but because I think you're going to talk about me, I'm not going to. That is how corrupt mm -hmm. these judges are. If they think you're going to be talking about them. So let's talk about who do you report a judge to? Who do you report a lawyer to? You, in Virginia, it's a judicial inquiry committee, mm -hmm. which is chosen by the legislature who chooses the judges, who doesn't listen to any outcome. And if you speak badly, if you show up, you can show up at your, leg your legislature, you can show up at your city council. There's a lot of different places you need to show up and you need to take the time that they give you for public comment to talk about the corruption in your courthouse, the corruption of a judge, what they've done to you personally and what the constitution calls for. Mm -hmm. so I'll, I'll take it. Do you have any questions for me? Wow. Kinda, you know, that, like, that here. Sorry. Well, when you're, okay, since you're in the state of Virginia, like, um, where is your grand jury located? Is it, do you have to travel four hours to get there? No, every city, every county. So basically, I live in the city of Virginia. We have a um, city of Alexandria in Virginia. So we have our own grand jury. What abuts us is Arlington and Fairfax County. They each have their own grand jury. And then you have, the, there are two things you have to have when you go into court and everybody's aware of it, is jurisdiction and venue. Mm -hmm. You know, there are three things, you know, that have to kind of take place in a courtroom. And so jurisdiction and venue are the big things. So you, for instance, we have general district court and circuit court. General district court only goes to 25,000 and anything above that goes to the circuit court. So the grand jury though is more of an arm of the circuit court or general district court, depending on the crime and stuff, it can go front to anything, but it's in your courthouse is where it's held. Hmm. It's held in one of the courtrooms in your courthouse. So, so e even if it's a, a lower court? It's only one grand jury and it, it indicts for both courts, general and um, circuit. Okay, that's interesting. So I, now, I didn't other, know that. <laughs> but the other thing about it is, how do you get jurisdiction and venue? So let's say there's a public official that um, is down in Richmond that is um, ruling in the court, uh, ruling in the legislature against the constitution. So then he's violated his oath of office. Mm -hmm. So where would you have the right to hold him accountable? So in the city of Alexandria, how I would say jurisdiction would maybe be, is that he decides what money's coming into Virginia. He also mm -hmm. appoints the judges that are here in Virginia, in Alexandria. He appointed the Alexandria judges. So that could give me venue and jurisdiction. You know, um, so you have to kind of really look at it. If the crime happened in the city of Alexandria, there's no question. It's city of Alexandria has jurisdiction. It mm -hmm. may move venue because of um, the 
the um, opposing side might be so powerful and there might be a friendship that there would be a bias in that venue. Mm -hmm. So then they need to move the venue, but that's usually done through the Supreme Court of Virginia. So, but we, we, and we just had court packing here in Virginia. We have um, pretty much a, we're, I, and I don't like to say politics, Democrat and Republican, because we're all Americans. But unfortunately, our parties have created the situation, the Democrat versus the Republican. And so we have more of a Democratic um, legislature right now. So they just packed our um, Court of Appeals with eight judges. And the judges were not necessarily, um, I, in my personal opinion, um, they shouldn't, didn't have the experience they needed to be on an appeals court, but they owed them favors. You know, they chose them because they knew that they would do what they were told to do. And that's the scary thing about it. Our judges are not ruling by the constitution. They're ruling by their feelings. And how do I like this person? And does this person, you know, and it, it, it got to stop. I mean, we don't have to like everything that happens in the courtroom. I agree on that. And I agree occasionally you do a favor or you see a kid maybe in trouble and you realize it was a stupid mistake. It was a kid thing because there's very little we do today that we don't break a law. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you bought a piece of salmon that actually came from the wrong waters at the wrong time, you're breaking the law mm -hmm. and you didn't even realize it. Hmm. No, I mean, every, Everyone thinks that, you know, when you go into this, it's going to be fair until you live it, until you go through it and find out that it just isn't. It's everybody knows everybody or there are certain attorneys that are afraid to argue in front of certain judges. So they'll drop your case. People aren't aware of this, that all this goes on and there's so much incestuousness going on in these courthouses. Everything is for favor. And mm -hmm. everything is self-dealing. And you unfortunately have to walk into it knowing that. And that's the only way that you can survive it. Mm -hmm. But we need to stand up. And we need to fight it. And we need to do it together. We, no one person is going to win. And I saw that early on. I wasn't going to win on my own. So I looked for other avenues, other direction. And that's why I created Judicialpedia. I created it so it wasn't just my case that was up there. It's everybody's case. We have cases from Cuba, political prisoners, because I was basically a political prisoner here in the United States. Mm -hmm. Again, smoke and mirrors of justice and fairness in the courts in the United States of America. You know, we have the same problems. When I was jailed, there was a woman in China who was jailed at the same time. And I kind of used our cases together. And I did that because it showed we were on the verge of doing it. Yeah, I only got 30 days and she got six years. Mm. And I got out in 22 days by not eating and by um, sneaking out documents. Mm. But when you've got a country that everybody wants to go to because they think it's so honest and fair, it's just as bad as six years. 
Mm -hmm. One day is wrong. You know, when you have the chief of police brother who's black gets pulled over or gets stopped and it's uncomfortable for 20 minutes and he gets a hundred thousand dollars for that 20 minutes, but I get nothing for what you've done to me. Mm -hmm. I, I get poisoned, I get beat up, you don't stop, you keep continuing to come after me. There, there's such a level of unfairness to these fights. And depending on how much you fight back and you don't roll over and say, oh, just take my life from me. You know, it, it, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, I can't, I can't believe all this stuff happened to you. I mean, I believe it happened to you, but how, it's just so mind-boggling, you know. Well, they, they thought that, you know, in court, and I, I, sorry, I don't remember if I said it in the beginning, but they actually mailed back all of my evidence that I entered <laughs> in the record and I entered it properly. I still have my box. I haven't opened it. And the reason I know they did it is... And this is when you could take phones into the courthouse. And so when I went to the clerk's office to confirm my documents were in the record, they couldn't find them. I was in that courthouse for three hours. Mm -hmm. And so basically that's when they came back and they said, here's your notebook, take it. We're not keeping it. We're going to throw it out. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you can throw it out for all I can. But I took a picture of the girl trying to give it back to me. And then I had all these sheriffs on me and the sheriffs let me keep, keep the pictures where it just showed the notebook. And that's, I think, why no one's allowed to carry cameras into our courtroom. <laughs> but what it did is a few days later, the next day, I, and also when I had, the next day I entered the courthouse again to see if they had done it and I'm handed an order and the order states, I am no longer allowed to file anything in the courthouse. And it's signed by all three judges. Hmm. I, I mean, it, the, and they thought they could scare me after everything they had done to me. They were wrong, mm -hmm. I, which is shocking. But <laughs> mm -hmm. it actually, the more they do to you, I think it's like, okay, the more backbone I have to have to fight this. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a lot more to my story, but it, I, I, that I'm not going to go into here, but it's, it's a huge fight. And, you know, when, when they feel so elitist that they can just decide what's going to get filed and what's not going to get filed, there's a real problem. And mm -hmm. these judges are still in place. The legislature keeps putting them back in place. Doesn't matter how many times you stand up and talk bad about them or evidence that you show how corrupt they are because they're the same judges who jailed me. Mm -hmm. They're the same judge. I mean, it's just, it doesn't matter to them because they don't have to worry. The legislature is not going to do anything. The media is not going to talk about it. And that's why with judicial pedia, putting up as many cases that you know, how corrupt the judges are. And I've actually had some luck with it. We had a young man reached out to me. They had railroaded him. And we were able to get it, help him, you know, get it reversed. He actually got the whole case dismissed with being able to articulate it correctly and to show the corruption of the judge, the Commonwealth attorney, the appointed attorney. 
what people don't understand, the most important part of your case is your docket. And sometimes they just call it your um, case history. Mm -hmm. And you need to get that every day because that's where they play with your case. Right, right. And there's so many little things like that that you need to think about. Mm -hmm. And you need to make public and you need to, especially when they start playing with it, because they don't think you're going to notice and detail. They don't, the details, you, you have to look at all the details and you have to keep track of them because that's where they make the mistakes. One of my attorneys with Troutman, Pepper, Hamilton, Sanders, he, in an email to the other attorneys in a, a whole bunch of uh, long thing of emails, not thinking it was gonna, I would ever see it, said, do we respond to Janice or do we just let the judge take care of it? Hmm. And that's fine with them. And this is a, this is a law firm, Troutman, Pepper, Hamilton, Sanders now, who swindled $30,000 out of me back in 1990. Um, they had a lawyer that claimed um, my, ex-husband owned all this money from my ex-mother-in-law's or my ex-husband's father grandmother or whatever and it was actually divorce lawyer alona grenadier heckman who had stolen and i paid for it you know um it's these things that you do when you're married that come back to bite you mm -hmm. these kind generous things mm -hmm. um that come back to bite you and i i never had much backbone but boy do i have it now mm -hmm. Well, that's good because I mean, this site, I think I'm going to add some cases to your site, <laughs> but. And add, add, um, judges complaints, add, um, lawyer complaints, government complaints. Mm -hmm. If there isn't a box for something add it to another box and just rename it. If, um, it asks for a case number and you don't have a case number, just put NA create, you know, it basically, when you sign on to judicialpedia.com, you'll have to go back to your um, email and it'll give you a link to get back in. Mm -hmm. You're going to, there's going to be a form basically that you fill out. You don't have to fill it all out immediately. You can always put NA, you can always come back and fill in other things. You can always put a date in that you think is approximate and come back and change it and edit it. Um, there's, you can add one picture, you can add links to your Facebook, to your Instagram, to other accounts. Um, you can add links to documents. There's under the link thing, there's other, there's website, there's several different types of links you can add. And then there are links, lined links that you can add to documents. Mm -hmm. But, um, so you can have as much as you want. You can also put links in the body, you know of the document people copy and paste if they you know the hyperlink doesn't work okay so like you could say you have a complaint on an attorney you could uh screenshot that and send it to you i know the idea is that you put up your own complaints you know your okay. story um you know your story best the idea is for people to sign in and once you sign in you have your own dashboard and so it shows all your cases it also shows you when people look at it. So you can see if someone from China was looking at it, someone from the United States, Russia, 
anywhere in the world that they look at it, it'll list it and how many views you're getting. So if you're putting it out on Facebook, you're putting it out on LinkedIn, you're putting it out on Twitter, you're going to get more looks, more views. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to look like it's a personal thing, really. It's, you know, it, one day, I ho the hope is that Judicialpedia will be like a Wikipedia, but on what's going on in our courts. Mm -hmm. And people will be able to see, you know, for instance, in Cuba. Cuba is now 60 years, I think, and, um, under communist rule. And you still have grandparents telling their children in Cuba about freedom and teaching them about freedom and uprising against you know, a communist government. And we are teetering. We are one door away from being a communist country. Mm -hmm. We are one door away right now today from being a communist country. If this 3.5 trillion gets voted in, if the 1.5 trillion and the way they're using the Patriot to deem who is a terrorist, you're jailing people over how they vote or mm -hmm. what information they expose the doj is going to go after parents because they don't like what's being taught in the school we have a president who has opened our border our southern border and said come on in who has in afghanistan decided oh so we're going to leave today because on um the 20-year anniversary i'm going to be able to announce it and give all of our weapons to the Taliban. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can go on and on and on. And it's like, okay, of the 535 people, how are you gonna control this? They can't control it. Nobody can agree on anything. The way to do it is through a grand jury and to do no different than Mueller did against Trump, mm -hmm. but have a grand jury against Biden, against Pelosi, against Milley, against Lincoln. We don't. We have so much corruption that's self-dealing. When you look at our, our um, judicial person being um, in charge of um, Garland, Gar what's his name? Um, I should know it. Oh, but his son is selling to the schools, and now he's investigating the parents don't, that don't like what his son is selling. Mm. That's that's direct conflict. Hmm. And the Washington Post, I mean, the Wall Street Journal, God bless them, coming out with all these stories about judges who have acted biasly with the banks, with the foreclosures. I mean, and majority of people who are going through what we're going through, who are going through the corruption of the courts, the first thing they try to attack is your house. Make you homeless, make you... Um, take off uh, any type of assets you have, ruin your reputation so you can't get a job. Those are their goals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it's hard. It's not easy to get the strength to stand back up and say, okay, now you beat me up and now I'm coming back after you. Mm -hmm. Well, that's very true because, I mean, it, well, probably it, I won't talk about much about my case, but they essentially um, destroyed my life. <laughs> and right. so, you know, I wrote the book because people kept asking what happened, what happened. So I wrote the book, you know. <laughs> what is the name of your book again? 
It's dismantling family court corruption. Why taking the kids was not enough. And where can people get it? That's at, at, on Amazon. And I then followed up with a book, Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. And um, there are expletives in there, so brace yourself. <laughs> but that can be found on Amazon as well. So, I mean, that's one way, you know. Um, right now, I am trying to hold people accountable. But that's just so very difficult. Well, I, I, I think it's great what you're doing with this podcast. And I, I'm very grateful for being on it. I'm and glad to have you on it. To um, share the thing. And, and I always think I'm going to start one. And I, you know, I, each of us have our own thing we're good at. And for me, it was starting Judicialpedia. I also work as an ABA advocate. Mm -hmm. um, and that's another avenue that's really important. Um, to have an ADA advocate. You know, how, do, how do you become an, I don't mean to interrupt, but how do you become an ADA advocate? Um, you basically, there's online courses. Karen Hefner, who started it, also did a um, course through St. John's College, and I think they're still offering it. But there are online classes you can take as well, and then get a cert. My, my certificate is through Syracuse University. Mm-hmm. And um, you have to renew it every three years. Okay, which, yeah. Um, I wasn't aware of. And luckily, I thought, you know, I think I'm going to see if there's a second class I can take. And then I got the email, you need to renew. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, hurry up. <laughs> so it's important to know that. But um, I, I guess it's like any other thing. But the great thing about an ADA advocate is you get to review someone's case and then intervene and point out, oh, the judge stated you weren't allowed to enter into the record evidence that actually was directly involved in the case, mm -hmm. but he allowed the opposing side to. That mm -hmm. doesn't look fair. Mm -hmm. I mean, fairness is very basic and we kind of get it as kids. When right. a teacher gives somebody three marbles and gives you one marble, you're like, hey, isn't fair and you go home crying about it your mother comes back the next day and now if your mother came back the next day to fight about it or to stick up for you she's going to get investigated mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's unbelievable so fairness, fairness goes back to kindergarten <laughs> right right starts oh. pretty much you know at birth and continues mm -hmm. so yeah, it seems like all these parents have figured out that these judges are biased. Their cases have been um, biased. <laughs> so, but yet people don't know what to do about it. Well, I think if we can get more and more cases up on judicial PD, mm -hmm. um, people will be able to see other people's documents. They'll be able to see the comments that judges made. They'll be able to see your comments. They'll be able to see what one party got away with and another didn't. If they're in front of a judge and they walk out of the courtroom and think, oh my God, that judge treated me so unfairly. Google's a judge. Judicialpedia has a case up about him. He says, oh my God, he's doing this to everybody. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to have more than one, one or two cases on each judge because this is a pattern in practice. You're not alone. But when you walk out of the courtroom, you couldn't feel more alone. And when you try to tell your friends what happened, they look at you like you're crazy. 
because mm -hmm. they live in the America that's free and honest, the smoke and mirrors of America, not the real America. And um, that's unfortunately what we we'll have to disclose is the real America, what's actually happening in the courtroom and in the courts. Well, I'm glad you're doing this. Um, how can people reach you if they have any questions? Uh, you know, you can go to the website and there is, you can um, go through the contacts and I will get the email of the thing, or you can also judicialpedia at gmail.com. Um, I can be reached at, and um, phone number is 202-368-7178. But a lot of times, you know, my ringer doesn't work, so feel free to text me. You'll is the best way to um to contact me is either through text or um email definitely um is there anything else you'd like to add you know i i just want to remind everybody to be kind to each other and to recognize that we're in it together and to realize the person behind you in the grocery store you don't know what they're going through that day and one act of kindness can make a huge difference so remember to have the time or make the time if you can mm -hmm. um you know i i understand sometimes it becomes annoying i understand sometimes but we never know when that one phone call is going to stop someone from making a huge mistake or maybe even and this type of stuff, you know, taking their own lives. We have a real problem in the United States with suicide. Mm -hmm. And we, we don't want to see, um, there's one person, Chris Mackney, mm -hmm. um, from here in Virginia. And there's a book that uh, Michael Volpe did on him. And he got to the point where he couldn't take it anymore and took his own life. Mm -hmm. And what we have to do is remember any one of us could be having that thought and to um, take the time to be sure and answer the phone or at least if you text them back and say I'm busy right now you're in my prayers you know and give them something because we don't know yeah, we never also know when Jesus is testing us. We don't know when we give a homeless person a dollar or ten dollars if um, that's actually Jesus. You know, we don't know what right. it's like. We don't know when he's coming back. So always remember that little act of kindness. You may not know who you're doing it for. Right. Angels so, in disguise. Mm -hmm. Angels in disguise, definitely. And we all do have guardian angels watching over us. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we wouldn't have made it to, to, at least I know I wouldn't have been here today mm -hmm. if it wasn't for my faith in God and um, for my belief that this is his path for me. Mm -hmm. And as much as I'm not really happy with him about it, um, I believe it's now going in the right direction. Well, I'm glad to hear with, that. With judicialpedia.com. Not in the courts yet, but we'll see. I, I um, do have a grand jury coming up that I hope to be in front of soon um, in this month, and I would love to come back and talk about it. Oh, um, definitely. Yes, I would like an yeah. update on that. Yeah, because it's going to be, it, it, it opens the door for all of us. 
it mm -hmm. opens the door for public corruption. And all of a sudden now there's going to be, I think, a conversation on the grand jury, the fourth arm of government, and how it's our constitutional right to report public corruption and expect it to be investigated. And if they're not going to investigate it, then we get to. The FBI has made it clear they're a worthless group, Department of Justice, worthless. So our Congress and our legislature worthless. So mm -hmm. we have to create a situation where we have a right to have them investigated for self-dealing. So. Excellent. Yeah, I, I would love to have you on for an update. So you'll have to let me know when you're ready. <laughs> okay, sounds great. Well, no, thank okay. you so. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay. Salam the Gavel is a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join us again with Janice because she will be back and other exciting guests. So thank you. Thank you again, Janice. Thank you.